Hello, everyone. Welcome to the On Earth podcast. Today, I'm going to jump into part three of the intricacies of wonder and awe series I've been doing. And I want to start with a story. I grew up in an area of southwestern Virginia in a small town called Covington. And we lived in a house along the Jackson River just outside the city. My neighborhood was called Valley Ridge which was located literally in a valley between two parallel stretches of Appalachian Mountains. And the river to this day, it still winds its way through that valley. Behind my house, about 300 or so yards away, was a golf course. And then beside the golf course was my high school. Growing up, I used to take walks or ride my bike to an area behind my high school. There was this small playground behind the football field along the riverbank and it had this covered pavilion with a couple picnic tables and I would go there to escape. I had two siblings who were much younger than me and so most of the time I was escaping to try and find some peace and quiet. And so I would often go and lay on the picnic table and just take in the moment. I would focus on the sound and the smell of the river Oftentimes there would be a bird's nest in one of the corners of the pavilion and I would watch the mother feed her babies. One of the things I discovered when I would be laying on this picnic table was that if I became really still and really quiet, I could become extremely aware of the life force in my body. I would focus on my hands and be aware of the energy of life that existed within them. And after a while, I could feel that energy throughout my whole body. And I, I would start to explore those deep questions like, who am I? And where am I? And where does my existence begin and end? Am I inside my body? Is God inside my body? When I die, does all this go away? And there was Something about becoming very aware of the life force inside my hands and the realization that one day these hands in front of me would no longer contain my essence. And so somehow I arrived at the conclusion that these sensations must be a way for me to feel connected to God. And I I wanted more of it. I wanted to understand it better. I wanted to strengthen my connection to it. And so my quest ever since has really been to achieve that. Last week, I said that next time we would start engaging with different ideas about who or what God is and that I would share with you what is currently working for me right now. Now, thousands of others have said what I'm about to say, but I think it's worth repeating. And that is recognizing that the word God for many people carries a lot of baggage. For many of us, the minute we hear someone use the word, we immediately feel our defenses go up. I'm I'm personally one of those people. When I hear someone I do not know throwing that word around, I immediately try and figure out who they are and quickly try to figure out who God is for them. I'm extremely protective over who talks to my kids about God as well. You know that website, Common Sense Media? I wish they made one of those for parents to use before mindlessly dropping their kids off at some random Sunday school classroom so someone they've never met can teach them what to believe about God. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent there, but the point I'm trying to make is that I'm very, very aware of how the word God 
has been used in abusive and toxic ways as well as the scars and the PTSD many are trying to heal from. And because I also believe there needs to be a letting go of the outdated sky god, moving forward, I'm going to do the best I can to use a variety of names on this podcast. So feel free to substitute whatever language works for you. And you can also experiment on your own if you're not really sure what works for you yet. You can try using animating force, source, universe, spirit, um, ground of being, isness, uh, oneness, divinity, um, or my personal favorite right now, beingness. A few years ago, I fell into the work of a man named Rupert Spira. And what he talks about isn't anything new, but there's just something about how he articulates what he says that really resonates with me personally. And so I just, I want to share with you some of what I'm discovering while traveling down this current rabbit hole of mine. Believe it or not, scientists are beginning to think that our universe is conscious, that there seems to be a level of consciousness in all creatures and living things. And when I heard that, I was like, of course. But then I started studying the work of Rupert Spira and he threw this curveball and said that scientists are going about it backwards. They think life evolved until one day consciousness appeared. Spira argues, and really it's not just him, but so many spiritual teachers throughout history have said this, that the whole thing is consciousness, or rather all there actually is, is consciousness, and that matter arises out of or within it. Now, feel free to pause this if you need to and just sit with this idea a bit, because once you get it, it really does change everything. And if the word consciousness makes you feel uncomfortable, feel free to insert whatever God language works for you. Okay, I want to do a quick little experiment here. If you're near a window or if you're outside, find something in nature to look at, maybe maybe a tree. And if you can't do that, then just sort of visualize one. Now, if I ask you, who is looking at the tree? The most obvious answer is, I am looking at the tree or I am aware of the tree. Now, can you also recognize the part of you that is aware that you are aware of that? In other words, behind the thought, I am looking at the tree, can you also become aware of your awareness? Can, can you say, I am aware that I am aware of the tree? And if I asked, who is it that is aware you would probably answer, I am. That I am, that is our essential awareness, our consciousness, our beingness. That is who we are at the center of our being. We are awareness. Everything else comes and goes. Our thoughts come and go. Our feelings, they come and go. Any sensations we feel in our body, they come and go. But our awareness of it all is always present. It never goes anywhere. It's so easy to get absorbed in our thoughts that we think that's who we are, but we are not our thoughts. We are actually the awareness behind the thoughts that arise within us and then dissolve away. Now, if you sit with the idea 
that all there is is consciousness or awareness or beingness and matter arises from within it, could that then mean that who I am, who you are, what that tree is at its core, at our core, is consciousness or awareness or beingness? I have a Rumi quote on my wall that captures the idea. I'm sure you've probably read it before. It says, you are not a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean and a drop. Another way of visualizing this is to think of the waves of the ocean. We are all individual waves with our own personalities and unique qualities, but we're all part of the one ocean. Spiris says, when you feel that you love your children, that feeling of love is the recognition that your being is shared. I am consciousness. You are consciousness. It's the same consciousness. The consciousness that is in an animal or a plant or even a non-living object, it's the same consciousness that's in me. We all exist within the one consciousness. We are all literally connected by our very beingness. I went all over the place trying to figure out how to get as close to God as possible. I went to church, I went to Bible studies, I went to seminary without realizing I had already discovered the intimacy of divine awareness within me the whole time. Now, before you freak out on me, Know that ancient texts are dripping with this stuff. Jesus talked about this all the time. He said things like, repent for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is at hand or is within you. Today, those words would sound something like this. Think about things differently or in a whole new way. I want to show you a completely different way to live in this world. And not only is it available to you Right now in the present moment, it's also within you. He taught his disciples saying, the father and I are one. And he prayed these words the night before he was arrested. This is what he prayed. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you father are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, so that they may be one as we are one. And let us not forget Oprah Winfrey's favorite verse from the book of Acts. In him we live and move and have our being. Now, religion throughout history has taken the message of Jesus and turned it into a way of labeling who is in and who is out. Who is going to heaven, who is going to hell. Who is born again and saved, and who isn't, who was baptized and who isn't, who voted the way we vote and who didn't, who believes what we believe and who doesn't. But at the core of Jesus's teaching is actually the idea that there is no separation. He saw, I mean, he really saw, he saw the intricacies in others, the beingness at their deepest level, and then helped those around him to become aware of that beingness within everyone and everything. Think about it the rich, the poor, prostitutes, tax collectors, women, children, thieves, people who were crippled, blind, mentally ill, the lepers of his day. And he even included flowers and birds. There is no separation. We are all connected. And what is happening to others is also happening to you because you share your beingness with everyone and everything. We already know all this 
on a scientific level with a basic ecology 101 class. When you do something to one thing, it eventually affects everything else. The very air you are breathing right now was literally inhaled and exhaled by people who died thousands of years ago. We know that we are made from the same stuff as the stars and planets in the universe. We're even discovering that some of that fear and anxiety you carry inside of you could be due to the generational trauma passed down to you through your DNA. Is there another way to think about God? There is. Become aware of your own beingness in the right now, in the present moment, and then connect with the beingness of who and what is around you, and then recognize that it's all the same beingness. It's all the same ocean. God is no longer a separate being that we have to try and reach and find. God becomes the energetic and animating force that resides within everything. It really is a completely different lens through which to view the world. Prayer is no longer a wish list that we speak into the air, hoping a being outside of us is listening and will give us what we want. Instead, when you pray for someone who is sick, for example, you hold them in your heart, you try to imagine what they must be feeling, and you sit in those emotions, and you imagine what you want for them, and you also sit with that, and then you send that energy towards them. There's a reason why people say, I could feel that others were praying for me. Your being and their being is connected because the whole thing is being. Become aware of your own beingness in the right now, in the present moment, and then connect with the beingness of who and what is around you and then recognize that it's all the same beingness, the same awareness, the same consciousness, the same source. And when you really do that, when you really start to experience that, guess what happens? You create the perfect conditions for you to become filled with wonder and awe. Filmmaker Louis Schwartzberg says, wonder and awe makes you present. And that is a portal into the divine. That's a transformational experience. Rupert Spira talks about how when we are moved by nature or music or a work of art, when you experience its beauty or feel wonder and awe, what is actually happening to us in that moment is a dissolving of our felt separation. He says, in the experience of awe, the mind comes to an end. The mind is struck. The mind is silenced. We say things like, it blew me away, meaning it blew my mind away. The mind collapsed and our shared experience was tasted. It's a merging of two things that seem to be separate. We feel we merge with nature or we merge with our friend and love. It is the collapse of the self and the other. I'll post the link to this video in the show notes. When a woman asked Rupert Spiro why it's important to know that we share our being, and I wrote down his response. He said, because if we believe every person, every animal, every object has their own individual and discrete being, then we will feel separate from them. And we will be able to behave towards them in ways that we would never want anyone to behave towards us. We can be unkind, cruel, unsympathetic, unjust, untruthful, etc. And when people 
behave in these ways, it is precisely because they feel that their being is separate from the other person or the other animal. In other words, to believe that we do not share our being gives license to injustice, cruelty, unkindness, lack of tolerance, lack of cooperation. Well, what else do we know about wonder and awe? We know that it's wired into the cells of our DNA and functions in a way that causes us to come together, to cooperate, to unite together, to have reverence, to have compassion, to enter into a space of oneness. Intentionally recognizing our shared beingness creates a whole new level of wonder and awe because when you become aware of your awareness and you realize who you are and the shared beingness you have with everyone and everything around you, something happens inside of you when you see things like people being mistreated, when you see the environment being polluted and raped for resources, or when you see animals being abused, when you learn things like Toxic landfills that are statistically located in places where poverty is the highest. You naturally become enraged and heartbroken and you want to try and do something about it. Deep down, you can feel that our being is shared when you watch videos of dolphins and whales being cut loose from the trash we've either left or thrown in the ocean. Or stories of abandoned animals that are nursed back to health. There's an innate quality within us that wants what is broken to be healed and put back together again. The summer before my senior year of college, I was doing an internship at a state park. And one day behind the main office, this hawk had killed a mother robin and at least one of her babies. There were three babies left in the nest and I decided to see if I could save them. And the next day, unfortunately, only one had survived, but day after day, this little featherless bird just seemed to be able to hang in there. And I eventually, I named her Chirp, and I would take her home with me every day, and she would sleep in her nest, which I placed on the top of the curtain rod in my bedroom. And on my drive into work, she would sit on the top of my steering wheel and stare out the window. And we developed this very special bond. She knew my voice and would come to me when I whistled for her. I taught her how to fly and how to transition from being fed like a baby to being able to look down and find food on her own. The week or so before I had to return to school, I started leaving her outside and she would roost in the same tree every night. And each morning I would go outside and I would whistle for her and she would come and she would land on my shoulder. I fed her less and less each day until I was confident that she was self-sufficient. And each day it became harder and harder for me to get close to her. Her wild nature was becoming stronger, which was important for her survival. And my parents, they saw her a few times after I went back to school. And I'm pretty sure we saw her again the following spring, which was so incredibly cool. We all have our own stories of moments when our beingness felt connected with the beingness of another. And oftentimes, we're transformed by it. I am fully aware that I do not have all the answers to these mysteries, but I really do think that our ability to become intentional about finding things in our daily lives that fill us with wonder and awe is one of the essential missing pieces in our world right now. And it doesn't have to be an over-the-top spectacular thing. It can be anything, a leaf on the sidewalk, a painting in a waiting room, a song you haven't heard in years. 
when you're having a conversation with your spouse, your partner, or your child, really look into their eyes. Recognize their beingness. Get get swallowed up in the joy of having a staring contest with your dog. Ever done that before? Focus on the reality that your uniqueness as a human being exists. You exist as you. Wonder and awe, it's all around us. All you have to do is be intentionally present to it. And then see where that energy leads you. Your reverence, your love, your compassion could lead you to take an action you hadn't thought of before. At a primal level, all literally helps us to survive as a species. There are so many opportunities for us to use the energy that is produced from this one emotion and find ways to channel it and bring healing and wholeness to our world. We have a lot of really big issues that need our collective attention. My hope is that more and more of us become filled with wonder and awe as a result of our growing awareness of just how connected we are. And then that wonder and all brings us together in new and profound ways to help create a world that reflects our highest potential. I hope this podcast serves in that capacity as well. At the end of each episode, I've been saying namaste, my friends. Namaste means that I honor the place within you where the entire universe resides. I honor the place within you of love, of light, of truth, of peace. I honor the place within you where when you are in that place in you and I am in that place in me, there is only one of us. And knowing and feeling the truth of these words, I say again, namaste, my friends. Thank you for being here.